Hey guys, you're listening to the Energy of the Untamed Heart podcast, where we talk about uncaging your divinely gifted wild heart to be as free and expansive as you were born to be. My goal is to use our stories, guest interviews, and your questions to tease out what has been keeping your wild heart under wraps. I'm your host, Miel Fox, and together we will shatter the myths of our old stories to set our wild heart free. So thanks for choosing you and showing up today. Today, my guest is Alicia James. And you know, sometimes you just need to know you're not going to catch on fire if you step beyond the entrance to the cave. I love this conversation today. Join me today as I chat with Alicia James, entrepreneur, digital and marketing wizardress of Flamingo Consulting, single mom, and just overall fun person to talk to. So here we go. So James was my dad's name. He was the original entrepreneur in my world. He owned a business, but he passed away when I was really young. I was only seven. And really from every, from when I was a kid, any career I ever wanted, it was always like, but I want to run it. Like I want to be a massage therapist, but I want to own the spa. I want to cakes and do cake pops and chocolates and truffles and confections, but I want to own the bakery, which that one I actually did. I want to be a lawyer, but I want to own the law firm. It was never a question for me that I was going to run some shit. Oh, can I, is that okay? Yeah, sure. There's an explicit button. You can do what you want. And there's an edit button. I can delete whatever you, you do you boo. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, So I have always just wanted to run it and be, be the boss and really kind of coming back to that as an adult now, much older, more seasoned. I've owned businesses for years. I've been an entrepreneur for my goodness, 15 years in one capacity or another. This just kind of feels like it's the best representation of me is kind of embracing that OG boss name. So it's Alicia James. Perfect. And that is how I shall introduce you then on all things Alicia James. And I love it because if you really can't get all that enunciated out, AJ sounds really cool too. Right. I love that. (laughs) So you never, yeah, it's beautiful. So it's really funny because when I asked you to come on, I sort of trolled like everybody does like, gee, what does this lady do? Like, who is she? Like, what does she do? And I started reading the the bio from the consulting business. And I'm like, "Uh oh, I don't know if we're really matched up here and what I think I want and what you can offer. And then yeah. I reread and I thought, oh, okay, let's see. We have new, newly divorced, single mama, entrepreneur, mm-hmm. had a side hustle, full-time job, biz coach, market coach, really walk away from the comfort zone, find yourself. And I thought, oh, this is my girl. She's in my tribe. <laughs> right? she, she speaks my language. She's walking her way home to her heart. Yeah. Yeah. She's the girl here for me. Let's just talk all things. Sure. Did you feel as if before you went through this current, the the more recent change of going through the divorce and single mom and all that, where you had started as the entrepreneur with the side hustles, doing the thing, and now that's shifted somewhat because now it's, I'm not Mm -hmm. staying at home, I'm doing other things. Did you or do you find that that impacts your ability to lean into who you feel that you really are at your core. So I started this journey on really redefining who I was only about three years ago. So 
I went through, I'm going to call it a cry, kind of like a, a midlife crisis for me. My dad, like I said, passed away when I was really young. He was only 32. And somewhere in the back of my brain from when I was a child until 32, I had just assumed I was going to go out the same way. It was just going to be, this is, I'm not going to make it past my early thirties and that's okay. And I'm going to do all the things before that happens. So I graduated high school at 17 and I was valedictorian. I was the youngest person in the class, graduated number one. I went to college at a major university, graduated in three years because I had, I had things to do. Like I've got a million things that I want to get done and I know I'm going to kick it. So screw it. We're going to go balls to the wall until the day that they put me in the ground. That was just my mentality. I was working this amazing corporate job. I got right out of college and I was traveling the world for this cor- for this company. At the same time, I started my commercial bakery doing custom cakes and doing cupcakes and truffles and all of these things. So I would work 8.30 in the morning until 5, 5.30 at night, drive over to the kitchen and work from there from 6.30 until 1 o'clock in the morning, go home, take a shower, get some sleep, and we're doing the same thing the next day. So it was constantly like, I have to get all, I have to get a whole life in before 32. So coming up to that 30th year, I have three kids. I've had Flamingo Consulting as a side hustle, as this thing that I do on the side. I'm the super stay at home mom. I am the preschool mom and I am the classroom mom and I'm doing all the things. And I was kind of living in this. I should do this. I should be traveling. I should have a business. I should be super mom. I should be in everything. I should do this charity event. And it became so much of somebody else's definition that by the time I hit 32, I was in crisis mode. I woke up every day for a year thinking, this is it. This is the end. Any minute I'm going to drop dead. And so I finally realized I had a little bit of a problem, just, just a little bit. And I hired a coach. I'd been in therapy a number of times. The modalities didn't feel like it worked. So I hired a life coach and she and I worked together throughout that year and started getting away from, yeah, but like who said, who said you have to be super preschool mom and be super hustler at the same time? Who said you have to stay unhappy? Um, Coming into 2020, I really focused on my kids are now older. They're all in preschool or at school in some capacity. I want to make my business a full-time business because I really like wearing yoga pants, right? I like working from my couch and drinking coffee and maybe not doing my hair that day. It's kind of nice. So as I started getting into becoming a leader and hiring, it became more and more apparent that the way that I was told things had to be or the way you should do something didn't feel right to me anymore. And I I spent a lot of time sitting with, yeah, but like who said it has to be this way? Do I agree with this? Is this the way I want to do things? Is this the way I want my employees to feel? And I've started structuring everything around me as, yes, but but why? Who said it has to be this way? Do all of my team members have to work eight to five? No, because I'm not working eight to five. That's ridiculous. I'm really good at working at 10 o'clock at night some days. Other days, I can do the, the eight to three, but I also want to be the mom and I want to be able to do the mom things. And why do I have to choose or why does it have to be one way or the other? So 
that crisis that started then, it started allowing me to see the things that I was doing that really weren't natural for me or to my core fed my soul. I started kind of cutting things back, realigning my relationships with people, having deeper relationships with my people and my tribe and finding my tribe than trying to be everybody's friend and being super active and touching all the places. I, I had to take a really hard look at the rest of my life and it ended up leading to I made all these changes to create a life that made me really happy. And there was still this one piece that wasn't. And that came through with a divorce and going out on my own and redefining what it means to be me as now a single adult. We had been together for 20 years. You should stay with your significant other. You should stay married. And at some point it just, I couldn't should anymore. And I had to just do what felt right. Yeah. Kudos to you. So first of all, I wouldn't have ever called it a midlife crisis because no one will get the video. But uh, let me just let the listeners know she looks like a teenager. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, she's a teenager with three kids. Oh, my God. And and you're saying and I had midlife (laughs) crisis. I'm like, honey, girl, you have no idea what's still ahead of you. But your story is so powerful. (laughs) (laughs) it's so powerful because one, it resonates with me, absolutely resonates with me. Your prior you, before you made some choices and changes, it could have been my story minus the children, the overachieving, the, this is what I need to do. This is what's expected of me in order to be successful, in order to fit in, in order to this, in order to that. I have to do all the boxes, check them all off and dot all the I's and cross all the T's and all the things and FOMO. Oh my gosh, I need to volunteer for this and do the thing and go here and go there. What will people think? How will I be perceived? I I don't want to be left out. And then like you, I realized like, wow, I don't feel so good inside. There's something that just doesn't really feel good to me. And I also looked for avenues, like how do I realign my head and my heart? I'm I'm very much in my head a lot of the time. I'm very- Uh, mentally oriented. And I'm very analytical, very sciencey. I really believe like, oh, this is how I'm, this is how I'm configured. This is who I am. But the reality is that is not who I am. It participates in a lot of what I do, but it is not who I be. And so the journey to Mm -hmm. discover who I be, who I am, if you want to call it that, is the unraveling of the woulda, coulda, shoulda stories And your question of, well, who said that? Well, who said that? So I have found like you over time, when you sit with, well, who said that? And and since when does that have to be the only thing available to me? And oh my gosh, I could actually make another choice. I feel like we are so defined as a culture by like, you have, you're supposed to do this, then this, then this, then this. And the concept that you have another choice or that you might be ostracized for making another choice is terrifying. And especially if you don't have a community that embraces that and everybody else is doing the same box checking. If you're surrounded by people who seemingly are happy checking the boxes and you're not, man, it feels like you are so broken. Yes. Because I'm doing all the things that I'm doing all the things they're doing, but I feel terrible and they don't. So what is wrong with me? What box did I check wrong? Yes. And the truth is you didn't check any box wrong because the truth is there is no box to check. The only box that you need to check is the one that says, this feels good inside me. This feels good in my heart. This feels as easy and pure and flowy 
as the air that enters and exits my lungs. It it should feel mm-hmm. that easy. I'm not saying the road isn't a little bumpy. Of course it is. But some of that bumpiness is created truthfully by our choices. However, right when things are not really feeling good, you just have that general sense of uneasiness. Like, why doesn't this feel right? And a lot of what I really talk about here on the podcast and also through my own business is step one is that awareness. Oh, this doesn't feel right to me. Hmm. That curiosity of, I wonder why this doesn't feel right to me is that first place. And I think your statement is so accurate that there are many of us that are literally completely unaware that we're not aware that we don't even catch the indication like, Oh, something might be slightly amiss here. And so I think the, the beginning of how do we take a journey with ourselves and with people in our world to walk our way back to our truth, to our power, to our heart, which we have spent a, a pretty good amount of our lives handing off to somebody else and letting somebody else mm-hmm. decide what's okay for us. What should it look like? How should we act? How should we be? Whether or not that sits with us or not. I hate to say it. We, we have given the power. the power away. And like you, I will say what I have discovered as I start to recognize my own truth, my own power, my own heart, there is a falling away of some of the old pieces. Unfortunately, some of the falling away may come in the form of relationships and friendships, co-workerships, whatever you want to call them. And it's hard. It's extremely hard. Yes, I agree. It's a big loss because it feels better Mm -hmm. with the choice feels better, but there's a lot that comes with that and letting those pieces fall away. At some point that felt like the accurate version of you. And then to give up a piece of your identity and to let that fall away, knowing that it didn't fit you anymore or suit you anymore or didn't belong with you anymore. I mean, it's still, it's like losing a huge chunk of yourself. And it's really scary. Yes. Do you feel like once you're aware and once you start seeing those things and seeing something doesn't feel right. Okay. Well, what is the thing that doesn't feel right? You can't turn that back off. You, you can't aware, you unhear can't what you hear. You can't unsee what you see. You can't yes. unfeel what you feel. Like once it's out there, and well, you, and it's just that and curiosity. Aware, you're now you're like, oh, I can't not be aware of this anymore. Like you can't close the drawer and put it away. And it's not one thing. It's sort. It becomes. It becomes a trait, Everything. right? Like I am now incredibly self-aware, but you can't be aware of one thing. You're Correct. either aware of everything. I feel like that was the hardest part. So this has been a process for me for a few years now. I couldn't ignore this big last piece that really led to the breakdown of my marriage, of my relationship of over 20 years, because you can't be aware of 95% of your life and ignore the five, right? Or in this case, it was more than 5%, but it's, it becomes a, you can let all those pieces fall away, but eventually you are going to have to look at all the shadows too. Absolutely. And you're going to naturally be aware of this doesn't feel good anymore. Yes. And then it's up to us to decide how do we want to really, 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 truly 
be accountable to ourselves, to our heart, to our soul? And at what level do you decide what you're willing to do or exchange or receive or give up, whatever the direction of the energetic exchange may be, that also becomes a choice. And and yeah. what I will say to you, because I kind of feel like I'm a couple steps ahead of you as far as what have I gone through? I feel like I'm maybe two steps ahead of you in some departments and I'm maybe two or three steps behind you in other departments. But what I will say is those moments of fear, like, oh my gosh, I'm losing everything that I know that is familiar to me. I'm losing my friends. I'm losing my family. I'm losing my coworkers. I feel like, even though this feels good to me, I feel like I'm quote unquote, giving everything up. And what will this mean? And will I be piloting the plane solo here or what's going down? What I will say is the Mm -hmm. beauty of the way the world works and the universe supports us and loves us truthfully is that as it's that old adage, as one door closes, one door opens in order to make room to receive, you have to start to set aside the things that are no longer in alignment in whatever area of your life that, that seems to Mm -hmm. be. And I will say, I still to this day have moments where I'm like, wow, I kind of feel like I'm on the island all by myself out here. Uh, a little Tom Hanks moment, like, oh, maybe I need a soccer ball and, you know, name yeah. Wilson. <laughs> but, and then I Absolutely. think to myself, you know what? It, it's, it's good and it's okay because I know I'm putting what's important, what's harmonic to my heart out there. And the tribe that needs to attract to that it will come. It may not necessarily come in what I think is my time frame, but it will come. Mm-hmm. And when I hold on to we that, can't rush the universe. You cannot rush the universe. They're like, hold on, I'm having another coffee. Hang tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think if somebody said to me, okay, listen, you can be in this little box of comfort where you know everything is going to be just so, but you're not going to experience the deepest of the deep, the deepest joy, the deepest passion, the deepest love, but we'll keep you safe. We'll keep you safe. Or you can take a little peek out the box, maybe put your toe out the box and expand a little bit and see what does this feel like? And the reality is it's just like you say of the, once you say it, you can't unsay it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Once you put your toe out of that box and you take that baby step mm-hmm. towards your journey back to who you really are, you won't choose, let me go back in the box. You won't. No. Even though it's hard. Because even for a second, mm-hmm. it's bliss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's an, and that's an incredible feeling. And, you know, I, the universe has given up on being subtle for me because I clearly wasn't so have to make space and sometimes and like the universe for me right now is girl you gotta ride solo you need to do this by yourself for a little while you have a tribe to support you but your tribe is not here to carry you they support they love you they build you back up but they are not here to carry you 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 need to take these steps on your own that was a really hard thing for me. Yes. I'm an extrovert, man. I am not, I cannot live on an island with volleyball. That is not my superpower. But 
I don't think it's really anybody's superpower. Hard to embrace, and it's scary. Yes, right. So the truth is, and hard to embrace, but yeah, we are here for connection. We are here. But it's amazing that when we strip away those connections that don't feed us anymore, or that maybe we're keep pulling us back into that old life, the space we create, the amazing people and the amazing opportunities have room to the come to your table now. They and do. To your point, I mean, the you have to close the door because we can't go through all of them at the same time. We have to allow space for something else amazing to flow through. And it's a hard realization that it means sometimes you're going to wait with both doors closed. You're going to have closed the one and the other hasn't opened yet, but we're going to sit here for a minute. And it's, whew, that is a hard spell, my friend. That's that a beautiful a analogy. Window of time, whether it's 30 seconds or 30 minutes. Or... Yes. Yes. Ooh. And I think the other piece that of that. cold, dark room for a while. It can be. It sure can be. But I also feel like there is a learning that goes on in the space between. So, so personalities that are like yours and mine, where we're doers. So much. We're doers. I can fix that. I can do that. Let me help you with that. Yeah. I got you. We're doers. And the trouble with doers is that mm-hmm. the learning of being a beer is really hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard it for us. That's the truth. It's not that we're not compassionate. It's not that we can't tune in and check in and do all the things, but we are so naturally programmed into do, do, do that we have to work a little bit at learning how to mm-hmm. be. And it's in the moments of just being and not doing mm-hmm. is where your heart speaks, is where you hear it, is where you start to find the the GPS points to take you home. It comes in the moments between the I moments, totally but it's hard. Well, and I think it's really hard. It's hard, I think, as women, especially, we're celebrated for being doers. If you're doing the things, people are patting you on the back. Look at the amazing things you're doing. Look at all the things you've got done. Wait a multitask. Hot damn, you are on fire. Get it, girl. We're celebrated for doing the things. But it's the right type of tribe or the right type of community that will celebrate you for being. Yes. And support you in being. Or sometimes just sit with you while you figure out how to be. Yes. And we've and especially if we've been trained to be that way to be the doer the entire time and then having to break that away it means we feel like we're doing it wrong because we're not getting those pats on the back we're not being celebrated it's not public it's a lot of inside work that no Mm -hmm. one can see and it can be really hard to share it maybe you're not ready to share it maybe there's just not words for it yet I agree. But we're I, programmed to believe that if we're not delivering something. So that's the other there. piece is I think for people who are in the doer mode, like you and I, most of the time, <clears throat> excuse me. I think the difficulty is when you pare that down, sure, we're doing things, but then the question becomes, why do we do them? Do we do them because we believe that's what we're supposed to do? Do we do them because at some level mm-hmm. we're seeking external validation of who we are 
oh, you're a good mom. Oh, you're a good boss. Oh, you're a good coworker. Oh, you're a good whatever. Without that external pat on the back, then does it redefine us in some other obtuse way until we can just let it go and come home to say, all the external stuff is kind of irrelevant. It's nice. It's, you know, thank you very much. That's nice. But at the end of the day, what's important is that internal. And I think what makes that initial doing that internal work so hard is because there's so much programming from such an early age that in order to be liked, accepted, promoted in class, promoted in the the workplace, uh, viewed as a success, all the things have those external validating components to them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's how we start to define who we are when the reality is we're not any of that. We're none of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't think it ever starts all at once. It's not like we take on tasks and activities that we didn't want. We started with doing things and getting accolades for things we did want, right? As a kid, maybe you got a pat on the back for doing well in a sport that you wanted to be in or that you wanted to try or doing well in an activity that we wanted to dabble in or a class we were taking. And then we give one little piece and one little piece. And then all of a sudden, most of what we're doing is all those should activities and none of them come back to what did I actually enjoy? Yes. But we've accepted the shoulds because we must be doing something right because people are seeing that I'm doing these things and they're giving me the accolades and they're giving me the kudos. I think it's subtle as a child. Yeah. I think it's very subtle as a child because you don't go into it like, oh, look, this is a whole enabling scenario here. You don't think that way as a child. What you see is you look around you and you say, oh, if I can run the fastest, if I can finish the math paperwork, if I can spell anamanopia correctly in less than 30 seconds and use it in a sentence, I, I, whatever, then yeah, ding, ding, you get a gold star. Ding, ding, you're rewarded. Ding, ding, people pat you on the back. And, and it's not with yeah. any ill intent. That is just the way the world works. And I think where mm-hmm. the train jumps off the tracks is that as adults, we continue to bring those traits forward and we continue to replay oh this is how I need to behave and be in order for that to continue as an adult and somewhere along the way we've kind of lost touch with the reality of who we really are at our core in our true Mm -hmm. soul essence of who's really inside this physical body yeah it's really very very interesting Right. Yeah. Tell me what's totally what's forward for you. Still consulting. Still Is doing it... consulting. It's consulting, but we also do digital marketing, social media management and website design. And my team is absolutely amazing. And we'll continue to do that as long so, as the world will let us. Sure. So tell me this. Do you feel that as you're returning home to yourself, more you, more of who you feel you really are at your deepest place, not who you've been shaped Mm -hmm. for the first 32 plus years of your life. Do you see the way that that plays forward in your workplace shifting? Do you see what you, let me ask it differently. As you grow, as you transform, as you 
truly start to express who you really are, not the you that you thought you were prior to now, do you see or feel that those variables, those descriptors, those components of how you're finding your way back home to yourself will shift or change? How do you show up in your consulting business or how do you and your team choose to help your clients move their product forward? Not just from a strategy, like put a post over here and make this kind of money, but on a different level on a more aligned energetic level that allows the client to really see, wow, this isn't just value based on nickels and dimes here. There's more to this. And when that gets harmonically lined up, the abundance will literally show up. Do you see that at all? I'm it's just so curious. funny you bring that up. With being in marketing, we've always advocated all of our clients like we need an authentic voice. We cannot be super salesy. We can't dip into everybody's DMs. We want this to feel like a business we want to do business with, not a business that is being forced upon us. And it's so funny that I've pushed that for our clients for years, but I wasn't actually living it. Right. Like I knew it's the right answer, but it's really uncomfortable and I don't want to do it myself. Like and- I need you to do it. I'm not going to though. So it, in terms of business, it's shown up more strongly that I'm living what I'm preaching. And I will say that the way that I manage my team has always been really authentic because of the corporate culture that I left many, many years ago when I had my kids and decided I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I walked in to, I know I want to lead a team, but I want to lead a team my way. We spent a lot of time in the very beginning defining what does it mean to work for Flamingo Consulting less how much money do we want to make like we spent sure we had goal we have goals we have fiscal goals that's great but we spent three times as much time figuring out what is the core values of this business and what does it mean to come work with us not just from a team perspective but from a client perspective that has become more apparent has become much stronger and it really i think is what made my business not just survive through covid but thrive through COVID. We quadrupled in size in 2020. Good for you. That's unheard of, right? Like there was a pandemic. We were shut down. We couldn't do the things. But because we showed up as, listen, we get it. You're a small business. We're not trying to fix you. We're not trying to take over your business. What's the next right step to keep you alive, to keep you afloat, to feed your family? What do we need to get you today? And because we came at it from a human perspective and an authentic, I want to help you, let me help you, it made for a much stronger business. It made for much stronger relationships with my team as everything has been kind of evolving in my personal life. That same team has my back and has really kept Flamingo going on the days where I could barely show up. I couldn't show up as my best self because I was drowning. I had all of these things going on and they kept it afloat because they had to trust that I would take care of them coming out of it as well. And I'd already done the things to be that authentic leader that I was hoping to be. So I think to your question, I've always 
put that authentic voice and that authenticity and living who I am into my business. As it's evolved, it's really brought in so many amazing businesses that we work with, so many amazing clients, so many strong relationships in and outside of business that that became my validation for, okay, it is okay to live the way I'm doing business. I can live the way that doesn't say I have to, I have to do it this way or I should do it this way. It was almost like a proof of concept, right? If my business can survive and thrive with me being a very different boss and employer, then what says my, my life can't be this way? I think it's so interesting because as a, as an outsider, I mean, prior to this podcast, I, I don't know you, wouldn't have known you, and probably we don't travel in the same circles. I know diddly poop about marketing and business. I'm in healthcare. I mean, what do I know? <laughs> but we share an extremely significant common mission of I want to get to the purity of who I am, and I want to lead with service with that same passion. And what I love in what you're yeah. saying is that you literally, when you said universe hits you over the head with a message, I'm thinking, well, how much bigger of a message could they possibly offer this young lady than having her run her <laughs> business the same way they would like her to run her life? Hello. And I think your business I literally is a mirror and a reflection of the things that you're striving for in your personal life. It's phenomenal, it's really, when you think about it. Yeah, it is. And I think it made me, I, I'll be honest, I think it made me feel safe that I knew that if my business can do well with me being exactly who I am and running my business the way I want to, if that is safe, then it's safe to do it everywhere else too. And yes. I can show up as I am. And sometimes it's a mess with a weird eye and a podcast and a really cozy sweater because it's really freaking cold all of a sudden. And just put it all out there. Like, yeah, I think at the end of the day, so this is so interesting to me, showed me that I could be me. You can be you. And at the end of the day, that's what people want. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of very interesting yep. when I scroll across social media, that a lot of what you see is not really who they are. It's what they want you to see. Who do you really attract to? You attract to the people who are really who they are. I mean, I'm not mm -hmm. saying other people are not attracted to the personas that show up on social media because everybody attracts to whatever. That's fine. But sure. when you're craving authenticity, you crave it within yourself. And therefore, that's what you seek. And that's what gets attracted back and forth. For me, that's the name of the game. Be yourself. We have all these hilarious things like you do you boo. And I always think to myself like, well, who else would you be booing except yourself? Because <laughs> that makes no sense. I mean, of course, do you boo? Well, and I, I think yeah. there's just a permission there that I think somebody coming and doing it before you makes all the difference. You know, that coach that I worked with for the year that I really thought I was dying. She's one of my dearest friends. She's my business partner in another business we have. I mean, she's somebody I talk to literally every day. She, but she lives her authentic life. She is exactly who she is. And sometimes that's all put together. And sometimes that's messy. Mm -hmm. And it sort of gave me that feeling of permission. Like, oh, she can be messy. 
she it can fall apart. And she's my life coach. So right. if her life isn't perfect, mine doesn't have to be either. If she can still be who she is and be in all of her glory, well, then of course, then I can too. I think the scariest thing I've ever done is about two weeks ago, I posted a picture of myself 20 minutes after my divorce was finalized. And it is ugly crying. I mean, it is tears running, black eyeliner all down the face, all red and splotchy. And I shared it. I took the picture and had never planned on looking at it again. It was, I feel like I need to document this moment for something. And I feel like by me being willing to share that, if that gave one person permission to just be a mess, to just sh- share it, to ask for help, to say, you know what? I was not okay at this period. I feel like sometimes what we need is that permission or Absolutely. to see somebody do it first. The first person, to, the first caveman to walk out of the cave, if he didn't die, we're good. Right. But I, right. I kind of have to see somebody do it first. Yeah. And it's that caveman mentality. If, if, if she didn't die, then I probably won't either. So I can show it. Right. And then somebody else can see me do it. Go, I think that's a die. really great point. So and I, I think the listeners too. and all of a sudden we're all able to step out of the cave. Yeah. The listeners and anybody who's got a pulse, you want to be able to be seen. You want to be able to be heard and not judged and to hear somebody else show you and or share their story gives you mm-hmm. permission to look at your own stuff because it isn't the, oh my goodness, am I all by myself? So I love this. I love, love, love this. Thank you so much. Tell me something. If folks want to get a hold of you, chat mm-hmm. some more, see what else is going on. Where's the best place? What should they do? Oh man, I'm everywhere. You can absolutely find me, Alicia James, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on LinkedIn. You can also follow Flamingo Consulting's website and all of our socials for that. You get to see things like we're we're pet obsessed, so you'll occasionally see our dogs show up on our flamingo social. I love connecting. I'm such a talker, clearly, but I love to just connect. If I can inspire one person to step out of the cave behind me, I'm here for it. So beautiful. Let me beautiful. let me know how I can help. Absolutely, I think this is great. I really appreciate your time. I just love these conversations. Conversations that make us all realize we're really one. We're not really different from anybody, honestly. We all have our good. We all have our bad. We're all unraveling the woulda, coulda, shoulda stories. We're all wanting to do the something and stumbling along the way, but then finding ourselves in the journey, learning how to hear our heart, all of it, just all of it. And it comes to us through so many different experiences and stories and interactions that I personally believe there's no mistake. You run into the people you're supposed to, you meet the souls you're supposed to. So this conversation today with Alicia was inspiring, enlightening, affirming, all the things. I will leave all of her contact information in the show notes so you can jump on over there and find them. Of course, you know where to find me. I'll repeat it in case someone's new. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Miel Fox. You can find me on the website, www.foxdenenergetics.com. 
You can sign up for the monthly meetup, Unconditionally You. There are a lot of ways. There's a free PDF you can tap into called How We Block Ourselves from Hearing Our Heart. And with that, I just want to thank you all for joining today, for coming today, for taking a few minutes of your day to spend with me and my guest. And I would invite you to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. I kind of smatter small minisodes in between these guest interviews. And honestly, there's no set schedule. I try to stay on schedule, but it doesn't really happen. So I'm going to say if you don't want to miss anything, hit that subscribe button because then you'll at least get a notification and you won't miss. That being said, you know where to find me. If you have particular topics you'd like me to talk about or guests that you're like, oh my gosh, you so have to talk to so-and-so, please reach out and DM me. I'm always interested in having new guests, new insight, perspectives. So just reach out and get a hold of me. And with that, sending you so much love.